Welcome to Sunday service. And this week's message kind of morphed as the week went on. And as you listen to the episode, you'll figure out why it morphed. Um, But, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast was for people to get a glimpse of what it's like to be in a small church. And one of what I think is, is that makes small churches so beautiful is that it really is a family atmosphere. And a lot of our people this week, they're dealing with sickness and they've had accidents and different things have have happened in their life just this week. And as a small church, we can come together as a church and pray for one another and be there for one another. But this message kind of came out from the happenings of this week. And it's really about prayer, uh, why we pray and why we need to intercede in prayer for one another. So enjoy as you listen to today's episode. On and I thought God, if we ever need to to have a message on prayer, it is now. Um, and for those that are listening via CD or podcast, um, one of the reasons I started the podcast was because I wanted people to experience what it's like to, to be in a small church. Um, and one of the things that we experience is when three quarters of your congregation are gone, you're left with five people in our, in our congregation today, and that's how it is today. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay because God is still here. The presence of God yes. is still here today. And, um, but it does give me a visual on how we need to pray, you know. Um, so today I'm going to talk about prayer. And I'll start out with a funny story because, well, I had to make it work for this message because I just thought it was a funny story. But anyway, it's about this, this mime. He was out of work. He went to visit the zoo and he was hoping to perform at the zoo to gain a little bit of extra money performing there. And he starts to draw a crowd around him and pretty soon the zookeeper comes and he grabs him, brings him to his office and he explains that their main attraction at the zoo, the gorilla, has just passed away. And he's afraid that the attendance at the zoo is gonna go down because their main attraction is gone. So he hands the the mime a gorilla suit and he says, I'll give you a job if you pretend to be the gorilla. He said, I will pay you to do that. So the mime, he's out of a job, so he decides, okay, I'll do it. He puts the gorilla suit on, he goes into the enclosure that the gorilla's to be in, and he just gets to do what he wants. He gets to lay around, he gets to make fun of people, play, and and they're loving it. They're loving it, and the crowds are coming into the zoo, and um, he's having a good old time doing this, and pretty soon he begins to notice that there's not as many people coming to see him, and he notices that instead they're going next door to where the lion enclosure is, and he's wondering what's going on. So he climbs up um, onto the top of his enclosure, and he's sitting on top looking at the lion down below. And pretty soon the lion sees this gorilla sitting up there, and he's very angry. He wants to get at the gorilla who's looking at him. And he thought, well, I'm just going to make a little show here. And he starts taunting the lion, starts, you know, ooh, 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 in front of him and getting the lion all aggravated and people are laughing and they're entertained. And pretty soon people are coming to see this gorilla taunt this lion in his enclosure. Well, one day 
the gorilla was up there taunting the lion and he falls into the lion enclosure. Well, he knows he's been making this lion angry for weeks. And this lion all of a sudden looks at him down in his enclosure and he goes to pounce. And the gorilla starts running around the enclosure. The lion's chasing him. And pretty soon the mime's like, I got to break character here. And he turns around and he yells, stop, stop, help me, help me. And the lion pounces on him and he's looking down at the gorilla on top of him and he says, Shut up, you're going to get us both fired. <laughs> I thought that was funny too. Anyway, I think, this is what I think, that some people have this idea that God is like the zookeeper. He's the head honcho giving everybody these gorilla suits saying, don't ask questions, just do it. Just do what I want you to do and don't ask questions. And really, God couldn't be far from the opposite of that because God invites us to know him. He wants us to ask questions of him. He wants us to know him, to for him to reveal himself to us, to discover who he is and what he's doing and, and why he's doing it even. Sometimes um, we don't like the reasons why he's doing what he's doing, but he says, ask me, ask me these questions. And I think some of our problem is, is we ask him why, 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 why? but then we don't take the time to listen. I've been accused of that. <laughs> why, why, why? And he's saying, Shelly, if you'll just stop for a minute, I'll give you the answers that you want. But he wants us to know him. He wants to have a relationship with us. That's why he sent his son Jesus, so that we can have that relationship restored with him and that his children will know who their Abba Father is. Um, we just need to give him a chance to answer or sometimes even ask the questions. But I want to talk today about one of the biggest whys I think are out there, um, and that is why pray? Why do we need to pray? If God is all-knowing, all-powerful, right, as the word says he is, if he knows what we're going to speak before we say it, if he knows the, our thoughts, if he knows the intentions of our heart, this is all in the word of God, right? If he knows all of that, why do we need to pray then and ask of what he already knows and what he's already able to do? which is a good question. Then why do we need to pray God? Because some people are the type of people that if you say, do this, they'll do it, no questions asked. They don't need an explanation. There are people like that and they see they become a Christian and they're told that they need to pray. Okay, I'll pray. And they do, no questions asked. But then there's some people that say, well, why? Why do I need to pray? What happens when I pray? What's the purpose of praying? And they're both okay. It's okay to be both types of people, right? Um, it, some people think it's wrong to be that kind of person that says, oh, you say to pray, I'll pray, okay, I'll do it, right? You say, read your Bible, read your Bible, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but that's okay to be that kind of Christian too. But it's also okay to be the kind that says, I want to know the reason why. Um, but we, to know those reasons why, go back to the beginning. In Genesis 1, 26 through 28, it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let him rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. 
rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So we see in this account, we know in this account, we've read this before, that we were created in God's image and he gave man a purpose. And that was to rule over, we see the word rule over, subdue um, all that he created. Right, all the creatures that he created, we, he, he, and the, and all of the, the earth that he created. He said, "I want you to rule over it." Now, that doesn't mean that we are the boss of creation. Now, um, the original word really means to manage it. And I don't know if you've ever had a job where you were a manager before, if you've ever held that position. But when you're the manager of something, you're not the boss. But you do have some of the boss's authority. You are the mediator between the boss and other employees that are under you. You represent the boss. And in the same way, God created us to represent him on this earth. We are the hands and the feet of Christ. That's what we were created to do. Psalms 115.16 says, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Now, this scripture doesn't mean that God handed over ownership of the earth because it says the earth and everything in it belongs to the Lord. But in that, it really means he assigned to us earth. The place that he has given us is earth to manage it and to be responsible for it and to be his representation here on this earth. And in this creation account, we see the reason why we pray because we are that representation of Christ. We are that, that mediator between God and, and man and things going on on this earth. When God created man, mankind, womankind, he chose to have us represent him on this earth to work through us to those around us. He chose man to be the link between his authority and his activity here on this earth. What a really huge responsibility that he has entrusted with us. And that is why we pray. And we see a lot of examples of this in the Bible. One of them that I'm going to talk about today is found in Ezekiel 22, 30 through 31. This is God speaking through Ezekiel. And he says, I looked for a man among them who would build up a wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their heads all they have done, declares the sovereign Lord. So complete and final is God's decision to do things on earth through man that we see here in this example, God looking for a man is what he said a person a person to stand in the gap and that's exactly what our job is here on this earth as christians we are to stand in the gap because israel was so steeped in rebellion against the the covenant that they made with god they said we will do all of these things that you tell us to do and when and when we do you will bless us and we know that when we don't that these there are consequences for that and they were not they were steeped in rebellion and god's saying i'm looking for one person one person to say just have mercy on them god and he said i found no one 
I found no one. We must remember that God is holy. He's truth. He's just. And he doesn't dismiss sin. He doesn't excuse sin. But what we also have to remember is that God is love. He is grace and he is mercy. And because of that, he has a great desire to redeem, restore, and reconcile us to him. So when I read Ezekiel, I hear the depth of God's compassion. Some hear the wrath and the, and the judgment. But what I hear is this. I hear God saying, while my justice demands judgment, my love wants to forgive. Had I been able to find a man, a woman, to ask me to spare these people, I would have done it. It would have allowed me to show mercy, because, but I found no one. I found no one. And I keep going back to that sentence. Had I been able to find one person? And it resonates in my spirit. And I think, who it, I could be that one person who's standing in the gap for maybe someone who needs Jesus. Maybe all others have written them off except for me. Right, And maybe I'm the one who needs to be standing in the gap for that person, praying for them, saying, God, bring them to you. We may be that only person. You see, prayer, it's a partnership between the redeemed child of God and God, working hand in hand with him for his will and his purposes to be fulfilled on this earth. It's not us telling God what to do. God, you do this. God, you do that. You do that. But it's for us to pray his will. That's the most important thing, praying his will. And to do that, we have to listen. Praying is really more listening than it is speaking. When we pray, I, when I pray, I pour out all to God, all my needs, all my petitions. This is what I want. This is what I want to see. And then I listen and I say, but what do you want? in those situations. And let me pray what you want in those situations so your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And a really good example of this is found in um, 1 Kings 18 when the prophet Elijah, um, there's been a drought uh, in Israel for three years and the Lord tells Elijah, go present yourself to Ahab, I'm about to make it rain. He's listening, he's hearing God saying, I'm gonna make it rain. And the first thing we read about this, the first thing I see is that um, this drought, first of all, it was God's plan. It was his will. It was God initiate, initiated. And it was also God's plan, his will, and initiated for this drought to end. And at the end of the chapter, if you read the story, you'll, you'll read that Elijah then prayed for rain. And it rained. He heard God's will and he said, okay, that's what we're going to pray. That's what we're going to pray here on this earth. And he prayed what God wanted him to. Um, we see in, um, in Matthew, Jesus, he's giving us this example. He says to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into the field. We know, he's talking about people who will share the gospel of Christ. We know that this is God's will, that that's what God wants. Why do we have to pray it if it's what God wants us to do? But God, so complete and final is his decision to work through man that Jesus is saying, you pray it. 
You speak it, you ask it, and it will be done. And we see examples of this through the word of God. There was Moses when when the when the Israelites were complaining and saying, you know, I, we want to go back to Egypt. And God's like, what? And Moses is saying, don't, don't you know, don't spare, don't, um, don't make us go back and don't destroy us, but keep us going in your, in your direction, in your will. And we see this in Abraham um, where he stands in the gap for Lot, whose family is at Sodom and Gomorrah that is about to be destroyed because of, because of the evil that was going on there. And we see this, these people standing in the gap between God and his will being done here on this earth. We have to remember that we don't save anybody. We're not the ones saving people. We don't deliver anyone out of bondage. We don't heal anyone. But really, the deliverance and the victory, they're already done because Jesus already did it on the cross. Um, but what he asks of us is to release that victory and that deliverance on this earth. We do not produce anything, but the producer wants to distribute through us. The intercessor wants to intercede through us. The victor wants his victory to be enforced through us. Why, God? <laughs> we say, why is that the way you want to do it? It's how he wanted it to be done. It's how he wanted it to be done. What a ministry, really. What a calling. God has on it's on all of us all of us that are Christians all of us that believe that's what he has has missioned us to do to be his hands and his feet to be his representatives here on this earth to listen to what his will is to read it in his word we know that he wants to heal because we read it in his word we know he wants to save we know he wants to deliver because we read it in his word and he's given us his holy spirit within us and we just have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will tell us how to pray his will. That's what it is to be intercessors for God. When we want to see him at work in our lives, he's saying, then pray. Then ask for it. When we read those, it says, you have not because you ask. And he says, ask and you will receive. Because we see this theme all throughout the word of God. He says, ask it of me. I want to work through you. And I will work through you. You'll see my power, my authority, my activity in your life when you speak it, when you ask it in my name. Now we can, uh, to me that's, when you realize that, it's heavy, it's big. But we can't let it intimidate us. But what it really should do is boost our prayer life, right? Put a fire under us knowing that when we pray, the will of God is in action. When we pray, it literally moves heaven. It literally moves heaven. And with all of that said, with all the things that are going on in our church right now, this is what I'm asking of us as a church. Um, and I'm hoping that, that they listen to this, those that aren't here today, we need to intercede for this little church here. And we need to ask God how he wants us to pray. You know, we have our ideas. We have our plans on what we want to see here. I do. I do. But I surrender it all to God and I say, what do you want to happen? What do you want to happen in this church? And that's, that's my prayer. And that's my challenge, my 
commission, I guess, for, our, for the members of this church, let's begin to ask God how, first of all, you want me to intercede for this church. What do you want this little church to do? And if people were to come in right now and see how few we are today, they would say, what's going on here? But they have no idea what God is doing already through this church, right? The homeless that are being fed, the almost a thousand that hear his word in the CDs that are sent out to these women's shelters and prisons. And, and I'm so thankful for that, for, for those recovery centers that, that they're going to and the people that we hear back from that God is doing things. So there is a great ministry going on, but what, what do you want happening? I'm tired of seeing the attack of, of the members here of this church, whether it's physically or financially or you know emotionally. I'm tired of seeing this in our church in these precious people that are here. Because, but I think, I believe that God has something great for us to do, for us to do here, for you to do when you walk out of these doors. More, that's more important to me. What do, what do you do outside of these doors to share the gospel of Christ? And I believe that, that the enemy is doing what he can to destroy those plans that, that God has for us, but God is greater. And as we listen to what he wants and how he wants us to pray, I believe that he's gonna begin to show us how he wants us to move how, in this church and as a body and as individuals also in this body, how he wants us to move. And let's go ahead and stand. And I want that to be your prayer this week. Whether you write it down in your prayer journal, if you're keeping a prayer journal, God, how do you want me to pray, right? Um, it seems weird, a weird question to ask while you're praying. And God, I'm praying to you. How do you want me to pray? But I believe as we do that, he's going to give us direction in how to pray over our families, right? Over our church, over our own selves, over our own mind, over our body. That's how God does it. That's how God works. And that's how he, he is intended to work through man to let his activity be seen and his will be done here on this earth. God, I thank you and I praise you, Father God. Lord, I, I don't understand, Father God, why you chose to do things the way you, the way you chose to do things through man, through us who can be so faulty at times and so selfish at times, God, Lord, and want ways, um, our own ways sometimes, God, but teach us, God, to be humble as we come before you, God. Lord, to set aside our plans, our will, God, our control, Father God, Lord, and just submit to you and your will, God, and teach us how to pray, Father. Lord, as the disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray, God. I pray that you do the same for us. Give us direction on how to pray your will here on this earth, Father God, in the city, in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our church, God. Lord, that we would see your power, your activity, Father God, here at work, God, Lord, around us, Father. Help us to be effective in our prayers, God. Don't let us just spout off for 15 minutes, God, everything that we want and not listen to you. God, help us to listen to your Holy Spirit that you've given us. God, it's, it's not in vain that you have given us your spirit, Father. You've given us your spirit, God, Lord, to guide us into all truth. 
And I pray that you do that for us as we, as we um, pray to you, God. Let us learn to pray your will and that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that your will be done in our lives as, as it is in heaven, that your will be done in this church as it is in heaven, God. Lord, that your will be done, Father God, in those who do not know you right now, who don't know you as their Savior, as their your deliverer, Father God. Lord, that they know, Father God, that it is your will for them to be saved and to be healed, God, completely, Father God. Lord, to be delivered, Father God, of all bondages, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that you help us to be effective in our prayer life, God. Lord, that it is not something that we should just give a few minutes to every day, God, but that we should seek you earnestly, God, in how to pray your will. God, I speak this, Father God, over our lives right now, and I speak, Father God, Lord, for those that aren't here. God, that you heal them. God, that you deliver them, Father God, Lord, in mind and body and spirit, Father God. Lord, that they are, they are released, Father, in your freedom that you have made available to us, God. Lord, that the victory that we have, Father God, through your sacrifice, Jesus, we have victory, God. And help us to live and breathe and move in that victory today. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you were given a little bit of insight as to why prayer is so important and should be a very vital part of our lives as believers. And I encourage you this week to do, just as I've said through the message, is start out your prayers with, what should I pray about today, God? And see how that transforms how you pray and what you pray and what you ask for um, from our Heavenly Father. So God bless and have a great week. Thank you.